Listener Production. Oh, g'day, this is Footy Talk around the grounds. Uh, Brett Yates here at the Adelaide Oval. We've got Mark Rusciuto and Red Biglands, and it was the match of the season, no doubt about that. It was Port Adelaide up against Collingwood. It was the uh, the battle of getting the big chest out. It was one against two, and what a game of footy it turned out to be. Ruin Biggles, take us through it. Port Adelaide and Collingwood, what a game. The Pies home by two points. I reckon if you wrote a script of how this game was going to play out on the history of the of the season, you were just about would have written it to the way it played out. Nostradamus Rupert. Nostradamus. <laughs> so Port Adelaide on their home deck will come rise to the occasion. They'll tough it out for a few quarters. Collingwood will uh, find a way to get themselves up and overpower the home side uh, in the last quarter. It's exactly what happened. We said throughout the call that the last seven times uh, that Collingwood had played at Adelaide Oval, they'd won them all and four of them by less than the goal. We said it about four or five times throughout the game. And it's exactly what happens. They get up in the last quarter. They kick six goals to three in the last quarter. They win 16 clearances to 10. Um, They kick remarkable goals from the boundary line on a night where, you know, it was tough with a wet ball. They they did everything that they've done for the last two years, Collingwood, to steal a game, to break Port Adelaide's heart, to, to risk them falling out of the top two now. Uh, they've got an important game, a big game against the showdown next week against a bit of a weary Adelaide, but they need, that is now a must-win game for Port Adelaide. Collingwood, well, they're sitting pretty on top of the ladder. Yeah, the only change you throw into the script, of course, was the rain tonight, which came down, made it a very soggy pitch out there. Stack of balls, socket off the ground. And that meant that you were always going to test the tackle, and that's what I thought Port did really well in the first half, testing Collingwood out but still keeping the ball alive. But uh, you knew the composure and the strength of Collingwood coming late, didn't you? Because their veterans stood up. They knew when the occasion was to perform. Side bottom was unbelievable, and so was his counterpart, uh, because Pendles always does the job. Pendles had 13 touches in the first quarter. Yeah. He's a freak. Uh, they, sh- they tagged Nick Dacos really tightly for first half, maybe first three quarters, and did a great job, perhaps the best job I've seen anyone do this year. That was done by Willem Drew, who, um, you know, he's Port Adelaide's number one tackler. He, he, he's their run with player. I think he had 16 tackles for the night, did a really good job until, I don't know whose call it was to, to go to Dugowie, you know, late in the game. But, gee, I, I thought it just presented an opportunity for Nick Dacos and Collingwood to get their tails up late in the game. And, like, Nick wasn't the difference, but he played a pretty important role. He got he gave the handball to set up a goal in the start of the last quarter. He then kicked a goal himself. He could have had a bigger influence. He fumbled a couple. Looked like he had a bit of a corky in the calf there at one stage, Nick Dacos. But you got to give it to Collingwood. Their confidence, they're, ne- they're never out of the game, are they? Ever. How good are their defenders as well? So Moore was unbelievable. Murphy with a career-high 16 spoils. So they faded out of the game a little bit because I think Paul worked out a way to get around the two defensive towers down deep. So they went and let the little small forwards go to work. But every time it went in, there were just crucial moments, weren't there? Up the other end of the ground, well, you talked about the goal-kicking prowess of Clutch. Jeremy Elliott, how good was that on the boundary? Well, they kicked three goals from the boundary line, I think, in the last quarter, didn't they? And at the end of the day, that was the difference. If one of those three 
hits the post or does, or just misses, then Port Adelaide win. And we're talking about Port Adelaide knocking off Collingwood at Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide sitting pretty in top two. Port Adelaide could have home finals and go to the MCG uh, without leaving the state. It's just there's, there's only inches in a game of footy. And tonight they fell Collingwood's way. Collingwood made a bit of an early sub. Uh, it was a bit of a tactical one, Rue. They put Markov on and took Mitchell off. What was the intent there, do you think? I think uh, Mitchell was doing pretty well. He was in tight, but they've just got such a deep midfield. They had Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Adams, the Dacos boys and Chris and Dugowie already doing enough. So to take Mitchell out of it, he's not going to change that structure too much. But bringing Markov in at the, towards the end of that third quarter just gave them that little bit extra run. Look, he didn't do a lot in in the end, he did have a couple of decent runs through the middle of the ground and he ended up with four disposals, but it certainly uh, didn't hurt them making the move and I, I thought it made a lot of sense when they did it. And and Biggles, Port sub, uh, Scotty Lysette, not for the first time, subbed out and they've got some real issues. Port Adelaide in this ruck uh, battery at the moment, haven't they? It did bring... Um, well, it, it, it changed a massive part of the game because Finlayson wasn't getting in and getting involved. He ended up with 15 disposals and then getting the scoreboard. So Lysett's banged up. He's nowhere near his best. And we would have thought he was going to dominate up against uh, his two counterparts because uh, Big Cox just had six disposals for the afternoon and Darcy Cameron had 16, probably won the duel. So I'm still shaking, though, from that final term. What a great game of footy. Six lead changes in that final term, 11 in total. So they both look back on those big moments in the last quarter in a super fast game. It was up and back and electric, wasn't it? Well, a couple of quiet games next week. Collingwood v Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) Carlton won six in a row or five in a row, something like that. Yeah, it's five now. That'll be a quiet game. Might might get eight to 10,000 there, you reckon? (laughs) And Port Adelaide taking on the Adelaide Crows in the showdown. We love footy at this time of the year, don't we? It's extraordinary. Uh, Kurnow kicked 10 today, by the way, for the Blues. They they got owned by seven. Might have a slightly better player on him next week, (laughs) I I feel like. Hey, the other uh, news of the day was Richmond. They still sort of hang in just on the edge. They uh, piled on the last. Six goals to get home by a point over Hawthorne. They're so in the eight at the moment. Just sort of, uh, just sort of on the edge there. I, I think they are the uh, the Tigers. So uh, interesting to see how it all pans out for them. So um, it was a big game of footy. Uh, we had a great chance to spat to, uh, to chat to uh, Paddy Lipinski after the game as well, didn't we? Um, what about he, he spoke about the intensity of the game? He said that is as big as it's been all year, and that's what you want from a top two club. Yeah, at least ten thousand travelling supporters of the forty-seven thousand nine hundred and sixty-five in the house tonight and god the grandstand was lift wasn't it roaring atmosphere was off the charts and the massive contingent of collingwood supporters sticking around after the game at the northern end on their hill in full voice how good well you want to go to hindley street guys do you (laughs) i reckon we might i reckon we'll go there and sink a few tinnies can we get a police check on hindley street a little bit later on (laughs) Uh, it was a big night for the pies they got home by two points uh, over port adelaide you're listening to footy talk And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. Uh, New episodes every day at lunchtime. We'll hand it over here to the guys at Optus Oval who will take us through the clash between Freo and the Swans. You're back with footy talk around the grounds. Ryan Daniels and Andrew Embley here at Optus Stadium. And Embers, we have just seen the Sydney Swans win this game by 29 points. They were in control for most of the evening. The results, I suppose it keeps Sydney in the finals hunt. Let's start with the Swans. Do you think they can make it? They've got a bit of momentum. I think, 
I think they can. Now they have got a, they've got a good run home. So Essendon next week, very uh, they're going pretty average at the moment. The mm. Bombers. So I think they are vulnerable. They can get them. I think they've got a, a home game against Gold Coast. Got a couple of away games against. Uh, Adelaide and also the GWS, which I think they, they can still win. And then, of course, the last game of the year uh, against Melbourne at the SCG this morning. So they right now, the one thing for sure is that if they play finals, they'll be one of the more informed teams in the competition. And mm. on the back of what they did last year, there were signs tonight that they were getting back to that best. Uh, they were quick with their ball movements. They had options inside forward 50. Their mids were, were very strong around the contest. Uh, Park was just absolutely outstanding. So... It's been a disappointing year by their standard, no doubt about that, but definitely signs now where maybe they might get on a little bit of a roll and uh, and who knows. What about the Fremantle Dockers? It's been really a really disappointing season. They finished uh, in the top eight last year. They won a great final here against the Bulldogs, yep. come from behind, win at Optus Stadium, went over and got beaten by Collingwood, but still a year that they would have loved last season. And I think most of their fans and probably the club would have thought, hey, we can take a step forward in 2023. Now, this game, this result tonight, that's it. They're not making finals. You yeah. can forget the fairy tales. It's not happening. Where do you see Fremantle at? Yeah, disappointing year. Uh, they've been slow starters. And again, tonight, uh, six goals to two. They conceded in the first quarter. I'm not sure what's going on there, but sides certainly identify that. You can get hold of uh, Frio early and the second half was better. I think they won the second half, the Fremantle Dockers, but the damage had been done. And again, just too many times they just they go slow from their back half and then their connection piece inside forward 50. The amount of times they butchered the ball going in there must have been very frustrating for Jai Amos and Josh Tracy. You know, when you feel like you get a bit of separation and the kick just uh, goes to uh, an opposition player. So they got to get so much better with their skills. And, in fact, it's been a, a real issue since Matthew Pavlich retired, really, hasn't it? Uh, their ability to be able to find targets inside forward 50, um, you know, whether it's a forwards, whether it's a mids, whether it's a connection piece, there, there's something missing there. And, and we saw it tonight. Uh, it was evident uh, they had options to uh, to hit targets inside forward 50, and they just couldn't. Did we underestimate David Mundy? I know everyone knows he's been such a fantastic player, and he retired last year, but did we maybe underestimate that ball use that he had, the decision-making, going inside 50, maybe keeping him around for one more year, which I believe they could have. Mm. They could have moved a few things around and kept him. Would you think that maybe they'd be going a little better with someone of his class entering 50? He's a super player, isn't he? It's... I mean, they've certainly uh, they've missed him, that's for sure. But, you know, you'd hope that some of these other kids can sort of, uh, you know, take the baton off him. And uh, Sarong was outstanding tonight. He's been, uh, without doubt, Fremantle's best midfielder this year. Brayshaw, his start to the season was a bit slow. He struggled a bit with that knee injury. But, you know, he certainly looked like he's, you know, his last eight weeks, he's fine in the football. So those two are certainly playing their part. O'Meara's coming to the side. And, and he's been, he's probably given Fremantle what we expected. Mm. So... Um, you know, I don't think Brace, uh, I don't think Darcy and um, Luke Jackson really sort of worked early in the season. We saw obviously Jackson tonight uh, play more of as a ruckman because you know Darcy wasn't out there. So I, I don't think they've got that connection piece right just yet. So there's um, certainly some uh, some you know that, that jigsaw puzzle's not quite there right for Fremantle at the moment. In terms of tonight's game, Luke Parker was fantastic. You gave him yeah. the best on. Who, you, who was your top three for tonight's oh, game? I gave Haywood a vote. Uh, I thought early in the game, his three goals in the first half was just really important. Uh, they had some good winners tonight. Um, I thought, uh, 
Kellen Mills probably played one of his better games. He's um, been out with a, a few injuries this year. He had a super year last year and, you know, he kicked a couple of goals early as well. Had the, the 20 disposals. Good to see Warner back into the side. He probably struggled a bit in the second half, but kicked a, a late goal. We saw um, Buddy Franklin inside forward 50 uh, early on. Just didn't really have an impact, but then ended up with three goals and, in the third quarter, too, when the game you know, looked like it was just starting, the momentum was starting to swing a little bit, and Frio um, you know, kicked a couple of goals. Suddenly, Buddy down the other end kicked a couple, gave one off as well. So he's, uh, he's a super player, and I think uh, at the moment, um, you know, they've got a lot of winners there. Uh, Papley had a pretty consistent game. And I think Heaney's the one who certainly, you know, last year we know all Australian was just outstanding, hasn't reached those heights this year, but... You know, if they can get Heaney going again, and uh, then you know, suddenly um, you know they might just be uh, a sneaky chance to sneak in. Okay, who do you want to see more from from Fremantle? Now we've talked about their season is is pretty much cooked from a finals perspective, but there are four more games. They'd be looking to extract something out of some of these players, and we sort of talked briefly before the game that not many have improved mm. a significant amount. Who do you want to see a big month from to say, right, go into the preseason uh, with a bit of form, a bit of momentum, and uh, hopefully a big 2024? So last year, their small forwards in Switzkowski and Schultz had big impacts on the game. You know, they, they moved around, they were, they were feisty inside forward 50, they were able to hit the scoreboard. And this year, both those players certainly been below. And so we saw Schultz tonight. You know, he bobbed up. He's not going to, you know, get it 15, 20 times. But he's a dangerous player inside forward 50. And if you can get the game played in your forward half, like uh, times tonight, uh, certainly in the second half, he was able to get on the scoreboard, kick four goals in the end. So I think those two players are, are, are really important. And then, you know, the, the next, you know, the young kids coming through. So Amos is uh, going to be a very, very good player and, and just needs more opportunities. But Matty Johnson and Erasmus are probably the, the next two midfielders. We spoke about, obviously, Mundy leaving. You know, Brayshaw's a star. You know, Sarong's a star. But just probably need a, a little bit more depth through that midfield. And I think those two kids are the ones that, you know, going to have to have a big impact, a big pre-season for Fremantle next year. Well, I agree. The Sydney Swans up to 12th after that 29-point win here at Optus Stadium tonight. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at Footy Talk Pod, TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. Tomorrow, Abby Holmes, Jay Clark, and Daisy Thomas are here to unpack the weekend. Listener.